Welcome back to the master class. We know you're here because you want to have a practice that you love that makes a difference in this world and lets you feel energized and fulfilled at the end of the day. Yes. Yes. Anybody in here struggle with burnout, overwhelm, feeling numb lately, or just overstimulated? <clears throat> Y'all are not alone. We've got you covered today. So ultimately, we know you want to get your message of hope and healing to the world in a way that's ethical, responsible, and sustainable, because essentially, you want to continue fulfilling your calling without the burnout and for longevity in this practice. So welcome. I'm Kelly Higdon. And I'm Miranda Palmer. And together, we've been helping therapists across the world to build practices they love getting real transformation results since 2010. Feeling old guys, just so you know. We're both therapists who built private practices during the Great Recession in 2008. And this is the third in a series of four trainings. The past couple of days have been like so incredibly inspiring. I can't even express it, especially with the burnout that we're experiencing as a profession right now and all the things that we've pivoted through in the last few years the importance of being together, focusing on what we can do, what we're called to do, can give so much hope in the midst of a lot of change. While we know that feeling confident about the future of your business and your life might feel kind of hard at the moment, our hope is that you have a business that is resilient and sustainable. We're gonna turn off our videos to preserve some internet bandwidth. And so you can't see me squinting while running our background tech, but we'll be back on screen during the live Q&A session. So a few quick notes of housekeeping. We'll be doing giveaways for the homework towards the end of today's training. You'll need to be live to win. We wanna reward and encourage you to participate and take action. Please rename yourself on Zoom so that it matches your name on Mighty Networks where you did your homework. That'll make it easy for us to find our winner and confirm they're here for the live giveaway of the Amazon gift card. We'll be doing those giveaways daily, so be sure to submit your homework and get in the drawing. And then when you're posting questions you'd like answered us by us at the end, select Q&A on Zoom and post them there. In this workshop today, we're gonna to be teaching you how to create a marketing strategy and plan that really makes sense for your business right now and in the future. One that doesn't end up with you or your intake coordinator drowning in calls from people you can't help or sitting by the phone waiting and hoping. We've seen our community evolve and pivot through a lot the last few years and we experienced a lot of burnout as a profession. And we've seen this huge division between practices that are growing and remaining full without burning out, practices that are over full, and the clinicians who work in them that are burnt to a crisp, and the clinicians sitting without clients when they know the demand is out there. And we've also seen a lot of therapists who are feeling inspired to go out and help. They want to start a private practice, but they don't want to reinvent the wheel. So we reached out to our amazing bootcamp community to share a wide range of their experiences in private practice during this time and what they're doing to keep the phone ringing at a sustainable level with ideal clients and even how they're reassessing and balancing as their lives and responsibilities are changing. 
Remember, we work to live. We don't live to work. Our businesses are built upon the needs and framework of our lives, not the other way around. No matter what happens in your life, when life changes, your business needs and marketing needs have to change too. Who is here? Because they want to feel confident in running every aspect of their business, no matter what's happening in the world. Can I get a yes? Can I get a me, me? Working with therapists all across the world in big cities, small towns, in every state and several continents, we have some insights to share with you about what's working right now. We even have data from some of our case studies about how many calls they've been getting in the last 30 days. You want to have a marketing flow that works with your personality, your strengths, that reaches the ideal clients you want walking through the door. You don't want to be fearful of pulling back from doing all the things when you're full. You also don't want to be using hope as your marketing plan. Who wants to stop doing random acts of marketing, <laughs> random tasks, and instead just do what's right for them and their clients? And that's what we're going to be digging into today. As we are connecting together as a community, we'll encourage you to select attendees and panelists when you're in the chat. Um, I mean, excuse me, everyone, you'll be selecting everyone when you're in the chat, when you're posting, because being seen here can be marketing as well as practicing being seen for your marketing. So it's a little less scary, right? Also be sure to post your questions for us specifically in the Q and A section. So they don't get buried in the chat. Um, truth is we get to as much as we can, and then we'll hang out in the lounge after today with some other cool activities as well. So we're going to be sharing a ton of stories from clinicians who are currently making their way through what's going on in the world and can, they're continuing to serve clients. This is about inspiring you. If you want to be inspired, let's see that. Yes, I already see y'all typing yes in the chat. We're going to ask you to let us know when you hear an effective marketing strategy that you'd like to try or that your clients could benefit from, just say, I could do that. Or client, my clients would love that every time you hear something inspiring. We're going to be sharing a lot of stories and we want to make sure these awesome therapists who opened up their businesses, got vulnerable, they're sharing their marketing plans and their hearts that they feel the love. So let's do a little practice run, type in the chat. I could do that. So that way you get kind of like, oh, okay, this is what I'm going to be typing. Awesome. Perfect. Y'all are pros now on day three. You know what, you know what's up. So it's been a journey, right? That we've been on together. You've had outcomes conversations with your clients. You've integrated the feedback into your clinical work and you're taking that information and creating a marketing message that connects with your ideal clients and compels them to take action and helps clients who aren't ideal for your practice move on to someone who could be ideal for them. Some of you even shared it with your friends and colleagues and integrated it into your website already, but we aren't done yet. The next step is taking that marketing message out into the world so that clients who need you most can get the help that will transform their life. And so you can have the full practice and a balanced, joyful life that you deeply desire. Yes, yes. All right. So great marketing means showing up and caring about others. Flat out simple. Being found when someone is typing counselor near me and your website pops up or when they share their depression with their doctor and the doctor hands them your information. Your marketing means you're saying, I'm here and I can help. Simply put, when someone is looking for help, you want to be there 
with open arms, offering hope and an opportunity for transformation, especially right now. So many of you are still doing telehealth and there are people who don't know how truly effective online therapy can be. So how do you show up and care about people? It takes more than a website. It takes more than just telling a few friends what you do. It really does take a plan. And a great marketing plan is about quality focused actions to be present for the clients who need you most. It is not about doing all the things or copying what others are doing. You're going to see today the variety of marketing that can occur among private practices and that nobody's doing all the things to be successful. And I just want to add in our boot camp, one of the things we stress and boot campers who are in here can testify is about building your internal compass of wisdom. So we're going to start with that today where you're going to really get clear on what is right for you um, as you hear these other stories. Most of the therapists we see who are successful have five things in place. They're clear on what they offer. They have a compelling marketing message that we worked on yesterday, right? They have a way to be easily found online by their ideal clients. They have key relationships with people who know their ideal clients, and they have a way of tracking where clients come from so they know what is and what isn't working. There are so many ways to market, but if you don't understand who your client is and who you are and have that clear marketing message and a plan that includes tracking, you're wasting time and energy. Who's got time to waste? Nobody. We're going to be doing a basic outline of a marketing plan today, and then look at what that looks like in real life. So first, who is your client, right? Or that, who is that ideal client or their care provider? Where do they spend their time? How do they best take in information? What do they need to know about what you do or how you help? And what do they need to know or do to have an awesome outcome? Currently, your ideal client might be at home more. Maybe they're on social media more. Maybe their life's been turned a little upside down. Remember the outcomes conversation we had from the first lesson and the questions we asked? Those answers should help you know more about the answers to these questions. Those questions, what does a typical day look like for you right now? What are your biggest pandemic concerns? Where are you getting your news and information? What social media platforms are you using and how much time you're spending on each other on, on each of them today? And what are you getting your laughs from? Notice how important these questions are clinically, and they also help us know where to reach more people. It's a win-win. Next, we need to focus on you. Who are you? What kind of psychoeducation do you provide over and over again? What do you really enjoy doing? What do you most want to communicate to your clients? You want to be invested and enjoy what you do in your business. Let's align your efforts with who you really are. And then we look at how do you best communicate ideas? We're not all the same. While we can all learn and grow and push our edges, it's okay to start from a place of strength and comfort. Do you communicate ideas best in writing? That's totally me. Or would writing one blog take you a year or two? Would you rather sit down and record a video or a podcast like Kelly? Or do you do great expressing ideas visually through memes, drawings, or infographics like the psychotherapy memes? <laughs> they do such a great job. Think about what works inside of your sessions, what worked during grad school, and maybe even what works in your personal life. Your unique marketing plan is this fun little sweet spot in the middle. 
the intersection between how you best communicate, where your clients are, and how they best hear. Today, we have real life examples of how this magic happens. In other words, you do not need to do all the things to have a successful practice. Yes, even now. As we go through the components of the marketing plan, please remember that you have to check within yourself if it aligns with your clients and who you are first. If you try to do all the things, you'll only burn out and get overwhelmed with everything you're trying to juggle. And ultimately, you need a way to track who's contacting you so you know how people find you, why they contacted you in particular, and whether those were actually ideal clients. That will let you know that maybe you need to call and clarify what you do and don't do. Like when I was getting a ton of Medicare referrals and I'm not an LCSW, so I couldn't take Medicare. So I needed to call that provider back and clarify my work. That'll also let you know if you can get rid, let go of that social media person or clarify expectations, whether you need to start blogging or maybe slow down, or maybe you can even stop blogging. There's so much you can learn about how to save time, energy, and reach people more effectively by tracking your marketing. And you can help direct the people you can't help to the practice where they can get the kind of support they need and deserve. We're data nerds. We love (laughs) Right? Some of you haven't done anything different and you are full. But with everything you're seeing in the world, you're starting to worry and wonder, am I making a bad decision? Should I be doing more? If I should be doing more, then should I be doing it? I'm already packed with clients. So the step one, no matter where you're at in the practice journey, you want to focus on the needs of you and your clients first and foremost. If you don't feel good and optimistic about your work, then how can you provide that safe container for your clients? Ultimately, your marketing plan should start with your current and past clients. Every conversation you have with these clients is marketing your work. Those conversations will be impactful for someone deciding to discontinue or to return to therapy. Many therapists realize that the way that they talk to clients about online therapy or phone therapy discourage clients from scheduling. It won't matter how much marketing you do to attract new clients if you can't retain them when when they find you. So Cassidy Duhataway has a hybrid group practice in Utah, hybrid meaning she does both private pay and insurance, and her group practice has been consistently full. And she's been focused, in fact, I think she's hired a lot. She's been focused on attracting and retaining great therapists since her marketing is on point and brings people in consistently. Referrals have been nonstop. In August alone, 80 phone calls and 71 emails for new client inquiries. That's in one month. That's almost 40 a week. It was 22 a week in the spring. So let's hear from Cassidy about what has been the most impactful marketing strategy she used to be the go-to place for therapy. Uh, We just want to apologize. The video is wonky, so it's going to look frozen, but listen, because it's going to be audio. I'm Cassidy Duhagway, and I'm with Purple Sky Counseling in Heber City, Utah. Well, I used to work in, at the county at Community Mental Health. Like, they were pushing outcomes like crazy. I'm like, oh, this is just so much work. Um, but in my own business and really working with my own clients, it has changed the game. I am able to really focus and, and meet my clients exactly where they are, figure out what their goals are, and then Every time we look at the outcomes and we go back to what they said they wanted their outcome to be, it's an amazing session because we get to document and look at all of the growth that they have had 
over the last three months or six months or a year. Um, honestly, that's been the key, right? That's the key to everybody walking out my door and telling all of their friends to come see me. Um, I am the go-to therapy practice in Heber City right now. And that's because of those outcomes, because I'm able to show and continue to show that we're meeting the needs of my clients exactly where they're at. And that's what they want. They want to know that they are getting those things done. And it has created the foundation for my practice. Uh, and so now because of that, because of that referral source, right, which is all in the work I do with my, my people, is it's actually built into a group practice. And I, and I actually keep people, all of my clinicians with a full caseload based off of that original marketing strategy. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't really the marketing strategy, but based off of clinical outcomes, which became my foundational marketing strategy for letting my business grow like it has. So what I'm doing, what you do best is the true foundation of your marketing plan. Now, Cassidy does have a website. She blogs and she does other things. But as she shared, the foundation was getting really clear about outcomes and having the conversation with clients. Did you notice when she said, when we review this, these are the best sessions. Our clients don't always even realize they've made progress until we have that conversation with them. This is important clinical work, and it will have your clients singing your praises from the rooftops. You'll also feel so much more energized to share your marketing message in the world when you're hearing these great outcomes from clients regularly. And again, if you resonate with this and you feel like, yes, if I focus on outcomes with my current clients, retention is where I'm going to start with my marketing, say I can do that. Next up is Colleen King. She's one of our longtime boot campers, also didn't reinvent the wheel. She was seeing 15 to 18 clients a week. We reached out to her at the beginning of the pandemic to interview about the transition. Her caseload initially stayed static. She focused primarily on getting confident, <clears throat> moving her clients to online therapy, making sure she had all her legal ducks in a row. And then she simply updated her website to make it crystal clear she was doing online therapy. She didn't have space or time to do additional marketing, but the work she'd done previously to ensure she appears on the first page of Google held her business steady. She didn't panic and do all the things. She could have spent that time marketing just in case, but she thought about the big picture of her needs to be fully present for her clients. Recently, she noticed a dip in calls. So now Colleen is analyzing her website and creating a targeted plan to increase the calls. She has the time and space to implement implement right now and she doesn't have every slot booked and she isn't feeling panicked. She's focusing on her clients and data to determine her next steps. She aims for a practice that's 80% private pay, 20% Medi-Cal as a give back to the community. <clears throat> she shared that telehealth has actually improved my self-care practices as I've been going out into my backyard during my lunch break to eat and then do a bit of yoga, stretching, exercise, and are gardening for relaxation. By the time I have my next set of clients, I feel much more refreshed and ready to support people. For a lot of us, our lives and responsibilities have changed in the last few years. Maybe you're sharing space with others working from home. Maybe you've thr been thrown into homeschooling or the threat of homeschooling is looming, or maybe you lost access to outside childcare. 
Maybe you're managing the needs of a loved ones during this time, or you remain isolated from a lot of your community. For most of us, our routines, communities, support networks, and self-care strategies have all been kind of turned on their head. It's okay to revisit your caseload. It's okay to revisit your fee. It's okay to look at what insurance companies aren't working for you anymore. And it's okay to change your schedule. I know you feel an obligation to keep things as static as possible to make it easier for your clients, but it isn't the reality of our lives right now. And you burning out and starting to feel disconnected from your work is not the therapist you want to be, right? Type yes in the chat box if life has changed for you and you need to give yourself permission to reassess and make changes to your business so you can embrace and thrive in those changes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So many of y'all. This actually <clears throat> should be step number one. We have a client, Doug, who's had a full practice, even without a website. <laughs> Initially, he checked in with current and old clients to see how they were and focused on making it easy to access and transition to telehealth. But as life happened, he realized he needed to make some changes. So let's hear from Doug. Counselor with a small private practice in Boston, Massachusetts. And when I think about what's working for me at this moment with relation to marketing, my practice and my services, while we're in the midst of this pandemic and a recession, I would have to say that stopping before starting and taking pause has been a pillar of success. And that doesn't necessarily mean that for me, success is increasing the number of clients I'm working with or generating more income. And if I back up to March, when the pandemic first uh, began to let us all know that life was going to change, I reached out to my existing caseload and clients that I was either actively working with or had in the recent past. I sent a Loom video out to everyone saying, hey, we're in uncertain times. Why don't you come on back? We all deserve support. And many folks came back and many uh, periodic clients switched to weekly. And that was helpful. But as the days and weeks and months went on and childcare became ever more challenging and cumbersome, uh, I realized that I was feeling fried. So I made the hard choice and decision that I needed to actually cut back. So I had some very difficult and, and really sad to me conversations with my clients. And half of the clients that I was working with uh, about a month and a half ago, I've begun to help transition to new uh, different clinicians. Although I didn't want to end the work with them, um, I realized that it wasn't sustainable for me. So this became my new quote unquote marketing plan that I was going to be less available. And I kept a handful of clients now down to about seven clients on my caseload. And um, that extra time has been spent on taking care of family and myself during these times. I think to myself, you know, I think we might all know when we haven't really shown up, even though we've been physically present, and that was beginning to happen to me. So in terms of how this is working out, I feel like the work that I'm doing with clients is, is right where it needs to be. It feels like I'm very present feels like they're making progress and it feels like down the line I'll begin to shift again when my batteries are charged when my life uh, 
adapts even further, and maybe there might be some time where I uh, have a child in school. That might be neat. Uh, but until then, it's really a, an approach of less is more, and I hope that's helpful. Notice what he focused on. What do I need to be able to take care of me, my family, and my clients? What caseload is really workable for me to pay my bills right now? What's my body really telling me? Rather than focus on new clients, he's focusing on quality care and retention and encouraging periodic clients to commit to weekly sessions. He said clients seem to be commenting on the quality of therapeutic experience increasing. And I also feel energized by the work clients are engaging in. And guess what? If you want to work with fewer clients to maintain quality services, it's okay to change your fee to support that or drop insurance plans that no longer work for that plan. It's okay because it's for the better of you and the client. So once you've taken care of things with your past and present clients and gotten clear on your needs, let's take a moment to get your schedule under control. In many times of crisis, we all tend to go back to old patterns. And some of us, many of us, have patterns of overworking and overperforming. That's me. <laughs> we fill space. We've heard of therapists who are seeing really high caseloads, doing all the low fee sessions, volunteering on their off time, all while the threat of homeschooling ever looms. <laughs> so please be kind to yourself and figure out what you can actually carve out. If you can only do 30 minutes a week, that's okay. Let's just hold that time to be sacred and intentional. If you don't have any of it to give, can you ask for support? Can you adjust your expectations? Maybe even though it's scary, you could give yourself permission not to market if you have enough clients right now. Now, what if you're drowning in claws and it's costing you time and money to return all of them, even if you're full? Maybe we need to put some time into narrowing your marketing so you can create some more ease. That might mean you take a day or a week off from seeing clients or do a reduced schedule, just as if you were going to a clinical training. But what if you don't have enough time to market and don't have enough clients? This is a recipe for disaster. Where would you put those clients? If you don't have time to market, you don't have time to take on new clients, right? If you don't have time to do marketing, you don't have time to take on new clients. And for you group practice owners, if you don't have time to market for a new employee, do you really have time to onboard and train them? And if you don't have time to return the calls coming in, are you really feeling good about your business? I know that this can be a big point of shame for people when they're not even able to handle the calls that they're getting. But what if I don't have enough energy to work on my business, even though I have enough time? How many people resonate with that? This is where you need to discern if you can get energized by finding the sweet spot of marketing you really enjoy, practicing self-compassion, and maybe even giving yourself permission to have a good cry, feel your feelings, fall apart, lean into it. Y'all have been sucking it in for two years. <laughs> Are you an introvert surrounded by way too many people for too long? Maybe the return to normal is not what you wanted. Maybe you need to schedule some alone time in nature, some time to feel your feelings or reconnect with your vision so you have the energy to market. So get crystal clear on your schedule before you start putting all the to-dos on your plate. 
Kelsey Torgerson Dunn just celebrated her four-year anniversary as a private practice owner. In January of 2020, she found out she was pregnant, hired her second clinician in March, and then COVID happened. A super scary time to be taking off, right? She went off on maternity leave in August and came back to a reduced schedule in January. Childcare is kind of tricky during COVID times with an infant. Let's hear what worked for her in marketing her group practice focused on kids, teens, and college students right now. At Compassionate Counseling St. Louis. Uh, it is a group practice that I own in St. Louis and we specialize in anxiety and anger management for kids, teens, and college students uh, age four on up. My private practice has been operating for four years now. We're just celebrating our fourth birthday. Um, and it started with just me doing very, very part-time work on top of um, working at a nonprofit and being a supervisor and working in schools and through the business school boot camp, being able to grow it and develop it to this point where um, there's me. We have two other clinicians. We're looking to hire a third and even a fourth clinician. I have an intake coordinator. Um, and I also have a book deal and all of that happened, I would say, thanks to Miranda and Kelly. Um, but just because of our marketing and what I learned on messaging and how comfortable I started to feel about niching and being really specific about our ideal client um, who we want to work with and also feeling comfortable about deciding who we're not such a good fit for and helping people who call um, meet other therapists that can be a really, really good option for their needs. Um, in terms of our marketing, I think there are a couple different pieces that make it really effective. So one is every time um, somebody schedules a consultation call, they have to schedule it with Lauren, my intake coordinator online through our website. And they provide a really brief description of what's going on. And then Lauren and I kind of analyze the trends from month to month to see what's kind of the overarching issue that a lot of people are presenting with. We used all that data to kind of come up with our marketing plan for 2021 and figure out what is the theme for this month? You know, what blogs do we want to do about this type of issue that came up last February? Um, what other professionals in the area should we interview and even feature, even though they're not at our practice, that would be related to this kind of presenting concern. Um, and also on social media, Facebook specifically, what are other um, helpful bits or resources that we can include so that even if we're not working with every single person who finds this, we're still providing really, really quality information to them. Actually, this helping professional interview series, um, networking, meeting with other professionals is one of the big reasons that our um, our numbers have gotten really high in terms of engagement on the website, but also people who are reaching out to us. Um, it's a great way to connect with other professionals in the area and learn more about the, their specialty, but also um, have them talk a little bit about their ideal clients, what they do, answering questions. For example, uh, we recently featured one of the pediatricians that actually uh, sent some clients our way, but he is a pediatrician who really understands and can recognize how anger masks underlying anxiety for a lot of kids. So he's a great referral source, but also someone that I like to send parents to when they're looking for a new pediatrician. So getting to feature him on the website means that he gets to talk about his expertise. And we also deepen and strengthen that relationship that we have between Compassionate Counseling St. Louis and his uh, practice town and country pediatrics. 
doing the interview series is actually also the reason that I was contacted by New Harbinger to write a book. I interviewed a therapist who does RODBT, Radically Open DBT, which is a type of therapy I do not do and I'm not that familiar with. Um, and New Harbinger was looking and Googling around for a therapist who could provide a comment on a book that they were publishing, but they found my website, um, which had that interview. They were reading my blogs and they contacted me and asked if I'd be interested in writing a book about what I do. Uh, and so I'm writing a book for New Harbinger on anger management for anxious teens that will be published in February of 2022. Uh, I'm super, super pumped about it. Um, but yeah, think about marketing outside of the box. And I think uh, it's also really important to think about marketing more than just how do I fill my practice, but how do I build connections in my area and how do I make my expertise known so that I'm a resource for other professionals um, and for other potential clients you know, so many people need help. Uh, think about ways that you can help outside of just seeing them individually. Dang, I love Kelsey. <laughs> so not only did her marketing create a group practice that sustained through the pandemic, pregnancy and maternity leave, she even got a book deal writing about what she's really passionate about. How cool is that? And her book launches early next year. She's hired two new employees and she's looking for another. Now, what do you do when you're the sole parent for your child, when a practice in Long Island, New York, and your Orthodox Jewish community is being directly impacted by COVID? It's incredibly normal to feel fearful and worried. Esther is one of our clients who has a lot on her plate right now. Her focus is keeping her, her and her son safe and business and life financially viable. There's no one else to step in with income. Can anybody relate to that? Now, what did she do? She got clear on how many clients she could realistically see. She made some peace with balancing the needs of the pandemic in her practice and found some time and space to make sure she could show up for her community. A few clients didn't transition to online therapy and it really was scary, but she kept focusing on showing up and being available. She updated her website to make it super clear they were open and providing online therapy during COVID and she started blogging. Her blogs were focused on the experience of her ideal clients. And in some cases, when she was experiencing overwhelming anxiety, she wrote the blog that she most needed to read to settle herself. Esther has noticed that being more business conscious and having so much in place has allowed her to feel more confident about being able to build or rebuild even when it's scary. She reminds herself that she knows her stuff. Esther wrote blogs like Online Counseling, A Guide to the Skeptical, and if you're a trauma survivor, this is how you might feel facing coronavirus. Just from the titles, can you get a sense of who she sees? When you're clear on your ideal client and your marketing message, it starts to come out in everything you do. She took the material that's on her website to speak to her ideal client and uses social media to share it out into the world and increase her reach. Even though she didn't really have space for new clients with everything happening, Marketing her practice actually helped to ease her anxiety about the future. Calls that originally dipped at the beginning of the pandemic picked up back up and soared. Because of her doing what she could do at night with blogging and showing up in small ways, Esther gets about 70 calls a month. She expanded into a group practice, hired an assistant, and her three clinicians are full, completely private pay. That foundation also allowed her to launch her first live course that she plans to turn into an on-demand course to better meet the needs of her ideal clients. 
Ultimately, she was able to reduce her caseload with more confidence so she could be there for her son, herself, and her business. Not only can you stay full, you can grow and expand as long as you have a, built a solid foundation and have a sustainable plan that won't exhaust you. Step four, marketing is about being seen. And this doesn't mean you have to do all the things. You want to be visible in the right places for your clients. Before you start looking for new and shiny ways to market, you need to look at what's worked for you in your practice in the past. Have you never asked people where they found you? Now's a great time to start. Sit down, get still, and look at your first, last 20, 10 or 20 clients. How do they find you? Why do they say they reached out to you? Focus on doing more of what's worked with your updated transformational messaging. Chris is a boot camper who runs a busy group practice in Canada where they do both in-person and online therapy, or they did both uh, regularly before COVID hit. She'd done a fair amount of work on her website before the pandemic hit to ensure her website was showing up in searches when people were looking for therapy. When everything started to change, she updated her website to be clear that they're still seeing clients online. And she worked with Kelly to develop a list of contacts and referral sources to reach out to them to check in and provide support. She even did a TV spot and had a column in the newspaper, which is like fun and fancy and sexy, right? People don't say that's actually how they find, found the clinic or why they called. They said they found the website and they love how it's fun and irreverent. So while she did do the stuff outside the box, it actually wasn't necessary. The phone kept ringing. And when they did start down during the pandemic, they, she found that the conversion rate wasn't that good. And then her assistant quit <laughs> in the midst of everything while things were still in lockdown in Canada. It was stressful and terrible timing. And yet she found a gift in that experience because she's a boot camper and she knows how to do effective consultations and get a really great conversion rate. She leveraged that magical skill she learned in boot camp. Almost every patient who called was scheduling. She went back to a consultation process that works. So she didn't need the same volume of calls. Chris was already planning to start opening up her intensive brain spotting offering before the pandemic, and she decided to take the leap. She shared her clear story and marketing message about her brain spotting experiences and, and intensives. Regardless of the pandemic, people resonated and started calling. Now she's booked quite a number of those intensives at her rate of 300 per hour. She combined her ability to create a clear marketing strategy, develop a marketing plan that works and convert people who reach out to an additional income stream. And she didn't launch out of fear or desperation. This was part of her plan. She knew that people still needed it and they needed it now than ever. She didn't launch out of fear. She made that decision based on her market analysis and experience. And she didn't launch out of her lack of time. She created the time and space to make this work. In the last year, Chris has hired more clinicians. She closed the physical office and took everything to completely vir virtual. All her cl clinicians are 100% full. She's looking to hire more people. She now has a phone person who's trained properly to get great conversions. She's been able to continue to run a profitable business and has been able to put six figures into savings so that she feels safe and secure no matter what happens in the future. Mallory Grimsty is a teen therapist in Woodbridge, Connecticut, providing online and in-person individual and group therapy services. Mallory found her sweet spot of connecting with her ideal client and their families is primarily through videos. And she rocks this YouTube page where she creates videos like feeling depressed. Here's how to talk to your parents or a hundred things to do when you're a sad and lonely teenager 
or a therapist reacts to funny therapy memes. She also has a website that's completely teen focused and she integrates those funny, relatable and informative videos throughout her website to engage and educate her potential clients and their parents. She says her best marketing strategy has been staying consistently visible with her videos, and she created a streamlined process for answering people's questions. Also, she started getting more strategic with her Pinterest and has started putting things like pin this to remember on blogs next to pinnable images. Her income is up compared to last year. She's completely full. She kept doing what was working, right? She took what has been working and she tweaked it for what was happening in life and kept enhancing her processes to get a bigger impact from the marketing activities she's already doing. Peggy Farrell is a boot camper and a newly licensed therapist as of January, 2020. Her practice is in San Mateo, California, AKA a very saturated market. <laughs> you don't already know that. This is her second career. She was a teacher for many years. In July of 2020, at the age of 50, she launched her private pay practice in the midst of a lockdown and a pandemic, which could be pretty scary, but she was full by spring of 2021. Even as an introvert, her focus has been on building quality relationships and referral sources initially so she could refer out effectively. Hear that. Quality relationships and referral sources so she could refer out effectively. She started building relationships before she was even licensed. And because she fosters relationships and truly cares for others, people love to refer to you, her. How many of you have relationships that you could you know, connect with? The bulk of her clients have come from other therapists and referrals are starting to stream in from past clients. A full practice for Peggy is 23 private pay, including a few sliding scale ones. Notice she didn't show up looking for referrals. Peggy showed up to build community and connection and to be of service. Marcella has been struggling to keep up with demand in her specialized eating disorder practice for years. She tried to launch an online course, but she was too busy with a huge caseload of clients to properly promote and market it. She considered a group practice because she loved training clinicians and being in community, but she lived in the Bay Area where office space was incredibly expensive. And honestly, she was really scared about whether she'd be able to fill them up despite the amount of calls she was getting. So after a lot of encouragement from her business coach, <clears throat> me, <laughs> she finally launched an online group practice focused on eating disorders. She focused on creating a practice that paid well and that took great care of her clinicians and connecting with amazing well-trained people. She quickly filled up her clinicians and they recommended their well-trained colleagues. Marcella also con continued to connect in the communities who've known her for years to attract great candidates. She focused on creating the practice she would wanna work, work in and creating a message that really speaks to her ideal employees. Since December of 2019, when she hired her first employee, Marcella has been able to expand to nine employees. Her group practice is thriving, easily fills up new hires, and she's creating a business that's sustainable, both financially and energy-wise. She's pictured with Walter, her chief happiness officer. Anybody <laughs> else have a chief happiness officer? Joanne Kim of Olive, uh, like the fruit, or vegetable, the yummies. Uh, Allofmecounseling.com is an LMFT and boot camper in San Jose who uses Enneagram and brain spotting techniques to help empathic, conscientious people who forget their own needs while attending to others. 
and those who are called to love but don't know how to be loved. Her most effective marketing strategy has been, quote, honing in on my messaging on my niche modalities that don't have that many alternative options or practitioners, also known as SEO keyword research. She uses data on what people are searching to help her ensure that people who need her can find her. Joanne is completely full and continues to get calls. She can't schedule those people. She has to refer them out. So she's compiled a list of referral sources for people who need help now. And she created a therapy starter kit newsletter that doubles as a notification of openings that already has 90 subscribers. She's creating her first course to better serve the needs of her community in a unique way. Her income continues to rise year after year. Her practice is 100% private pay, and she has wonderful ways she gives back to the community. Joanne and her spouse have been able to pay off 100% of their student loans, and now they're starting to get prepared for purchasing a house, something they never thought they'd be able to do in the Bay Area. It's easy to forget that just five years ago, Joanne was pre-licensed, sitting in a cubicle when she found a free training just like this one with us. And this is where she's at today. So what themes are you taking in? We brought in solo practices, group practices, single moms, small towns, big cities, and everything in between. Over and over again, people are making small changes to their marketing messages to stay viable and decrease their visibility. They're not starting over from scratch. They don't have to learn an entirely new marketing strategy if they already had an effective way of reaching their clients previously. Are you over full? Let's get crystal clear on who you do your best work with and start to create some boundaries around that and make sure your marketing is clear. Do you need to hire clinicians? Let's create marketing that draws them in and connects them with clients who they can confidently get great outcomes with. If you want to start a YouTube channel or do something new and shiny because it excites and brings you joy, that's awesome. But otherwise you can simply tweak and enhance what you're already doing. Already have great relationships with people Call them, check in, find out how you can be a service. Ask for a video shout out on social media, Facebook or Instagram live. And we aren't just talking about other therapists. Many therapists know how to access you. It's your friends, family, neighbors, places of worship, schools, and all the rest that don't know you're open and ready to help. Already love to write and you're blogging? Focus on sharing new and old blogs that are helpful to your community and your ideal clients. Tap into relationships so they can help you spread the word. Your message is worth sharing. Not sure what's working and what isn't? Start tracking how people know, find you so you know where to put your energy and where you need to pull back, tweak, or pivot. Now, I know we're getting these questions, but what if I'm starting from scratch? What if I'm moving into a new niche or something else? Starting a business is always scary and it almost always takes longer <laughs> than people imagine. And we've talked with thousands of therapists and have heard story after story of colleagues or group practices and insurance pastor, et cetera, refer to me. So I don't need to create a marketing plan. And we've heard the fear, frustration, hurt, and panic when that didn't actually happen. If you're starting from scratch right now, know that you're needed. We need more therapists right now, not less. But building a business takes time, energy, and intention. You can focus on all the things you don't have right now or focus on what you do have. You have people who like, know, and trust you. You have at least a rough draft of a marketing message and some clarity. So we take that and start using the strategies you can use right now. 
Last year, we had a masterclass like this one. Matthew Austin from Australia came on with no private practice. He made a plan, he enrolled in boot camp, and he started to lay his foundation for the practice and specialty he really wanted. And in the midst of the pandemic and a recession in Australia and all the rest of it, he launched. And guess what? He's full. Matthew sees 16 clients a week who primarily found him through Google searches from the website that he wrote and built using what we teach in bootcamp. So <clears throat> 2020 was a pressure cooker. We're like an Instapot, as we all say use now. Um, it cooked things fast, hot. It broke down things quickly, and it brought everything sticky to the surface. It was a challenging and exhausting year. And it's no wonder our industry suffered from um, burnout and overwhelm and fatigue. If you didn't have a clear marketing plan before, the absence became very obvious. If you didn't have strong referral relationships, weren't tracking your outcomes, findability on the internet, a solid business plan, savings account built in a compelling marketing message and all the other foundations of a viable business, you would have felt the stress. If you don't have great boundaries or clarity about what's sustainable, when to say no, and how to expand without running yourself into the ground, you feel it. If your business isn't solid, this is an opportunity. We can feel shame, regret, or anger about the past and the woulda, shoulda, couldas. Or we can pause, we can reassess and make a plan that provides a solid business foundation that will take you through any crisis in the future, whether that's tornadoes and hurricanes and slow times and busy times and illness and divorce and death and pregnancy and whatever else this beautiful life brings your way. One of our boot campers has messaged several times to share how she and her husband were talking about what their business would look like now if she'd never done boot camp and gone on this path of shifting their money patterns. Her husband, who tried to convince her not to join boot camp a few years ago, says he's so thankful that she didn't. It changed their lives, their finances, their relationship. Um, and he's told me that in person, actually, when I saw them. What's one thing you want to make you want to make based on what you heard today that will fit in your business? It's time to take action. Move forward with what makes sense for you and your clients. This is that moment, y'all, that we were talking about, about tapping into your internal compass, your wisdom. We want to know what's one thing you want to do. One thing, just one thing on what you heard today that will fit into your business. Share it in the chat. We know a lot of you are thinking, these are all great for them, but what about me? <laughs> yes. Now more than ever, our world needs what you have to offer. And that's why it's doubly important to take some time to really assess, plan, be intentional and track what is and isn't working in your marketing plan. In fact, some of you have already tried everything these therapists have shared and then some, and you say, I've tried everything and nothing works. What we've found pretty consistently is that therapists often try all the things for a short period of time without understanding why something does or doesn't work for them. The therapists who are doing well right now are consistent and operating in a way that's sustainable. You need to be consistent in aligning your strengths with your client's needs. Blogging a few times without understanding SEO or your ideal client won't work as effectively as blogging weekly with SEO keywords in mind in a clear marketing message. Maybe you're like one of our clients who thought her blogging wasn't working and was ready to give up. I went and checked her rankings and she'd moved up many pages on Google and was almost to page one. She was just barely on page two. If she'd quit, she wouldn't probably be full today. 
going to a lot of networking meetings, passing out business cards and telling people you're a general therapist who needs clients won't be as effective as really building relationships over time and being clear about your deep passion or doing the virtual equivalent of that. Friending strangers on Facebook and then asking them to like your business page will not be as effective as reaching out and having real conversations with people. A lot of therapists end up thinking it's about having a lot of money to invest in Facebook ads or Google ads or a $10,000 program or agency to market their practice. And when throwing money at the problem doesn't work, they feel like there's something wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to take some time to learn and explore what will really work for you in a consistent and impactful way. And that process does take some time and learning to master it long-term to get to the spots these individuals are at where everything is in flow. And they share it. It's not always this easy. They had to invest some time and energy into learning the skills and practicing them over time. Oh my gosh. I love seeing everybody sharing their plans for your marketing way to fight through that uncertainty and burnout and take some action. I love it. Now we've been walking step-by-step through this masterclass. We started with outcomes, how these are the foundation of your full practice and your happy life. Then we use those outcomes to create a compelling marketing message. And today we delved into ways to get that message out into the world and showed you examples of how other clinicians are using this process and finding success. Tomorrow is where we're going to tie everything together and help you dig into an important resource for your unique business to truly be sustainable and allow you to live a happy life while you're doing what you love. Each of you are in very different places in your practice with very different needs. And it's time to get real about what it takes to have your unique marketing plan. It's not just about creating a steady stream of clients. We've helped thousands of therapists in private practice, and we've found that there are a lot a very full therapist who are overworked, burnt out, and not actually making a sustainable income. Can I get a me from therapists who are full, but not happy with the income? Maybe it's not sustainable for them. So each of you is going to do an assessment. Oh, look at y'all. Come on, let's work on this. We want to help you with that. So each of you is going to do an assessment of your practice between now and tomorrow. That's the homework for today. It's going to be Amazing, simple and amazing. Our assessment is going to make it clear pretty quickly what areas in your business need attention. Do you ever feel like, oh my gosh, there's so much, I don't know where to focus. This is gonna show you where to focus. And tomorrow we're gonna to offer you the step-by-step plan to tackle each of these areas in a sustainable and client-centered way. Many of you are feeling unsure and overwhelmed and it's leading to ambivalence, making it hard to make decisions and take any action. I really think this assessment is going to give you clarity. So please don't skip this assignment. We'll be posting the link for all the homework and everything. But we're also tomorrow giving away the entry to boot camp and the $1,000 cash for a couple of lucky live attendees, which will be fun. Beer. Awesome party. Our goal is to inspire and teach you to tackle whatever problem is in front of you and to be intentional and start being pre proactive, preactive, proactive in your business instead of reactive. We really want to encourage you to come tomorrow live because we know you're more likely to do the thing. If you come live, it's amazing to bring us all together as a community. And of course we have all the amazing giveaways. So right now we're going to do our giveaway for our $50 Amazon gift card. For those of you who are doing the homework, Michelle, Sally, with an extra, with an E, Michelle, Sally, congratulations. Our team will reach out um, into that other space. Okay. 
If you want to win boot camp tomorrow, type in boot camp. If you want to win money tomorrow, type in money. If you want to win both tomorrow, put it in there. <laughs> Although you can only, we're only going to, no one's going to get all the things you, you get one <laughs> other, realistically. Um, so all that fun stuff. Awesome. I love it. I love it. All right. We're going to do a few questions over here and then we're going to move over into the lounge. How many of you guys came with us to the lounge yesterday? We had, um, I think almost a hundred people in the lounge where we're actually like doing it face to face and answering questions and doing that live. If you're like, that was amazing. Awesome. Rad. What was your one word description of what that lounge experience was like? Check that out and I'm going to stop share and we'll go into our answering a few questions before we pop over to the lounge. Yes. How do I make my income sustainable if I am an AMFT employed by um, employed my a licensed clinician and feel I don't have any power to change my income? Um, this is a good question. I'll let Miranda go first, but I have a lot of like soapboxes around this, but you go. Okay. So here's the first thing. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say something that might get me into trouble, but I'm going to say, look for a position with a boot camper. Um, <laughs> like, uh, we, you know, and not all of our boot campers are perfect, but we teach the process of creating something that's sustainable and creating a fee and only contracting with insurance plans that allow them to create a sustainable living wage. And that includes hiring you as a W-2 employee. That includes um, setting their business up so that they can provide benefits. Maybe they can't provide benefits right this second, but we're, we're really challenging all of our bootcamp group practices to create a plan so they know, hey, when I get to this level, I'm going to be able to offer benefits to my employees. Like this is the piece. So in other words, um, you, can, you can definitely advocate. I'm assuming you're probably in California. Um, in other states, you can be pre-licensed and be in your own practice. That's the other thing that's so, so crazy of that. There's some interesting things that we need to change in California. Yes. Um, but in other words, um, know that you're valuable and there are other positions available for you. Speak up when you take a job as a pre-licensed intern, whatever you should know what the potential is, what you can grow into a good business owner should have a pay scale. They should be able to say, this is how much you can make. This is where you're starting. You know, what job do you go into that you don't know what the pay range is, right? Advocate for yourself. It could be that the, the clinician doesn't really have their ducks in a row in, in terms of, of supporting you and, and you're left feeling unsupported and that's not okay. So speak up too. All right, Tammy, if you are using friends and places of worship, for example, as a marketing referral source, how does this not interfere with creating dual relationships? Um, I, I think this is a great question, Tammy. Um, I will say that my former church was a, a big refer um, and I ended up seeing that I did people that I was with in the community and we had to talk about that. That was something I was comfortable with because of the way I attended and my involvement in the church at the time. Um, so I think it kind of comes down to a personal preference if you will see somebody that goes to the same church as you or place of worship as you. But um, even so, 
those people know people and people, you'd be amazed. My family still doesn't quite get what I do, <laughs> like extended family, because, you know, now that I've moved into coaching, do we, do people really know what we do and how to refer to us? And when I joined like roller derby, for example, I was just known as the resident therapist. So if anyone needed a therapist, they just came to me, uh, for me to, and I still, I don't play derby anymore. And I still get that it's do people know what you do and how you help. And, um, you then can decide the dual relationship and, and what feels comfortable for you. It's going to happen. If you're in a small town, it's going to happen. Dual relationships aren't bad. It's when they're exploitive, when there's power, dual relationships will happen. Um, it is the issue of them, of them being exploitive, exploited, exploitative. Exploitive. Yeah, exploitative. that is the word. That's my, <laughs> yeah. like, my like pet peeves is people getting into this, it's kind of a soapbox of like, I'll do relationships, avoid all of them. And therapists go and sit in some ivory tower where you don't engage with anyone ever. And that is just a silly and B not what the ethical codes were actually written about. Yeah. <laughs> go back and read your ethical codes. And it will say, they will be very specific. They do not engage in dual relationships that are exploited to the client. There's a 70 different ways that they do that, but it's, it's there. Okay. We're going to do one more question and then uh, we'll probably move into the lounge here. What suggestions do you have for those that have not identified their niches yet, but do not want to delay the start of their private practice? Oh, start somewhere. Pick one thing. I have a feeling that there's a reason that you went to grad school in, in the first place, right? How did I end up with my first niche? Realistically, it was from my family of origin. In fact, my first um, placement was in the office that my mother had gotten counseling in and I took over the office from my mother's counselor. If that doesn't tell you how funny this whole world can be, I, I don't know what it was, what it is, but that's the piece is there's probably something that's there. And if that's something that you feel inspired and excited about, just start there and know that there's time to bring back the other pieces. Yeah. Just start with one idea, one concept. I started with, um, men who I started working with men and I ended up getting all the their partners that love these type of men. And then from there, it kind of evolved into divorce and things like that. So it never feel like you're stuck or that you have to get it perfect, right? This is something we teach a lot in bootcamp. A good business owner knows how to pivot and is okay with like the growth trajectory. We all grow and develop and as so, so does our work. Our work is reflective of our own selves. And so it is okay to just start somewhere and know that you have time. You have time to grow and evolve and shift and change. 